TGV community. Before we get into the episode, here is a surprise element. I'm going to ask a few random words to our guest for today, Arakwe John, and he has to answer them by sharing what comes to his mind first, either in a form of a single word or a sentence maximum. So, Arakwe, before I welcome you to the podcast, here is a surprise element. I'm going to share a few words and please share with our audience what comes to your mind first, okay? Are you ready okay, for that? Sure. Yes, yeah, sure, right. yeah, let's go. Okay, so first word is curious. Curious. Hmm. First that comes to my mind is myself. <laughs> my name. <laughs> Good one. Invention. Yeah. Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, the new headset. I think that's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, yeah. Mm-hmm. Future? Uh, future um, AGI. Person that comes to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> book. Book. Um, reflections. So I have this little book uh, mm-hmm. by C. D. Ingoka. Yeah. So that's the first book that comes to my mind. Yeah. Okay. Movie. Yeah. Movie. Uh, Interstellar is my favorite movie. Yeah. Uh, food. Food. Opa. It's a local delicacy. Uh, very special delicacy from Bar mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. English name for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And then uh, place, place Pretoria. Uh, so it's in South Africa. I will be there later this year for a business presentation. So, so my mind a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Pretoria, and uh, yeah. name, name, Amani. I spoke to a few a few people in Oman a couple mm-hmm. of weeks back, and the name Amani really stuck. I don't know what it when means. I, I didn't ask. But that name really struck a chord, you know, somewhere in my soul. <laughs> animal. Animal. I like lion. Lion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Brilliant and, animal. And last word is quote. Quote. Hmm. Enjoy the moment. All right. Enjoy the moment. So, well, I don't know who must have said this, right? Because I, I think various people would have said something mm. like enjoy the moment or trust the process, you know, at different times. Mm. So enjoy the moment. I think enjoy it belongs it. to all of us. It's, it's yeah. a code that belongs to all of us. Yeah, live in the moment and enjoy the moment. Great. Yeah, thanks for participating uh, sportively and really appreciate it. And uh, folks, yeah. you have tuned into the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. I'm your host, Navin Samala, a fellow professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make the world a better place to live. Through the guiding voice, we drive conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and to your career. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, Orakwe John is our guest for today. Of course, uh, he has already participated in the first rapid fire round. We got a glimpse into the other side of Orakwe John. So let me share his background a bit. He helps the organizations both in the private and public sector to apply artificial intelligence to solve critical business problems and uh, he has designed the applied ai program for business leaders and which is narrated by ai and powered by human tutors and it is a critical component of his work in preparing the global business community for work in the age of artificial intelligence and with a strong commitment to corporate sustainability practices he helps companies achieve their goals while minimizing their environmental impact so, Arakwe, uh, it's uh, good to know you. And um, incidentally, we got connected through LinkedIn. And uh, finally, we are here having a conversation on the Guiding Voice. And I'm super thrilled to host you. Aki, welcome to the Guiding Voice. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs>
So, Rakvayan, you have immersed yourself into the artificial intelligence and helping businesses solve critical problems, right? Yeah. So, what are the success mantra or the top three things that have attributed to your success so far? So, I I would think that the first three, I mean, the, the top three virtues or skills that um have you know gone with this far. I, I think the first would be vision, right? The ability to see not just what exists but where the world is going. And I, I think it's it's something that has always played a part in, you know, how I approach work or how I've got to where I am today. Okay. So when GPT three launched in twenty twenty, I think it was June of twenty twenty, um, it, it was clear that this is something that would definitely change the world. And this is before all the uh chat GPT buzz of November um thirty uh, 2022. That was when, you know, chat GPT launched. And then again, um, when I saw the text to image models, I knew certainly that this is something that would define the future of entertainment. And of course, text to video would definitely follow, right? So given all of these, um, like given a set of um, data, say if I see something from one moment, I can tell this is how it's going to impact uh, the future of the world. And then that, that allows me uh, take the next step, which is, um, you know, the courage to actually act on the information I have. So mm. apart from the vision, it is courage. Okay. Because right? you can see where the world is headed, but you need to be able to, uh, make the bold step of saying, this is where we need to go next. And for me, starting, um, April of this year with the applied AI program, the decision is the rest of my career is going to be spent in the AI space, uh, helping, uh, business people transition into this brave new world. So that would be the second quality, courage. And then thirdly would be humility. Um, I understand that. I mean, no matter how much you know, you need people, you need help from other people. Uh, and that would, and I, I don't really believe in, you know, uh, self-made because even if you think you're self-made, somehow one way or the other, you, you have received help from other people or you've used tools that were made from people, uh, made by people who no longer, uh, you know, who are no longer with us. So in that, I mean, from that perspective, there's no such thing as self made So that humility to know that at, at many times in, in the process of work, I need help from other people. Those are the three virtues. So um, vision, courage, and humility, I think, will be the three mm. things I would say I've got made this far. Yeah, I think those are uh, uh, three crucial aspects for anybody to succeed. And you nailed it. And also, now let's uh, uh, jump into the core of today's topic. Um, we wanted to cover this, uh, how the future of work is going to look like. right? So what What's your take on that? How the future of work is going to look like? Uh, so uh, the future of work is, it, well, I think the future of work is already here, right? Um, I mean, in 2020, we'll call it the future of work. 2021 is the future of work. 2022, I think the future of work finally dawned on us. November 30, 2022, when ChatGPT launched, and everyone saw, okay, for real, this is something that is here. But to illustrate just how this future is going to look like, um, so there's a, there's a game, a chess game from 1998, um, that tells us how the future work, it, it paints a picture of how the future work is going to evolve. And that game happened between Gary Kasparov, a chess grandmaster, and Vesey Topalov. Uh, this was in Spain, um, in 1998. And a month before they played this game, Gary, who is, you know, superior, he has superior calculative and strategic skills over, um, Vesey. They played a game of chess, human versus human. Mm. That game ended 4-0. Mm. 
in favor mm. of Gary. Now, they played another um, um, form of chess, which is called advanced chess. Now, in this okay. um, um, chess um, game, you pair a human and a computer. So in this case, an AI, right? So Gary um, plus AI and Versailles plus AI, um, a month later, after the first game of 4-0, where Gary beat Versailles, the second game ended up 3-3, a draw. Mm. Now, what happened? What happened? What seemed to happen in that game was the calculative and strategic skills that Gary had over Versailles in the first game uh, was sort of nullified by the fact that they used AI, AI. So yeah. the feature of work is co-pilots for everything. Now, in this case, what, what they both had was a co-pilot that helped them to play their game. Now, why that is important, why that, uh, why that game is important is because um, earlier this year, you, we had news that Chat GPT um, had passed the operations management course at what business school. Wharton is one of the top MBA schools in the world. Now, the implication of that um, um, that um, result, and also we heard that ChatGPT passed the U.S. medical licensing exam, and later on in the year, I think in um, after ChatGPT GPT four launch, we heard that it passed U.S. bar exam. The implication is that if an operations manager in my country, Nigeria, or an operations manager in India or an operations manager in the Philippines should pair with AI. The AI, it is possible for that AI to nullify whatever calculative or strategic skills that the best operations manager in the world, let's say yeah. in the UK or in the US or in Israel, have um, has over this other person. Right. So the future work is a lot of co-pilots. There will be co-pilots everywhere. And right. of course, people would people would have people would have you know more time to think about the strategic parts of their job. The AI can take care of the, you know the routine and the calculative aspects of, of of the job. And this is pretty much how I see um, the future of the world being a co-pilot everywhere for for everyone. Yeah, and uh, I I think uh, yeah you have touched upon some profound points, especially with regard to how the business operations are going to get impacted and. Uh, yeah. The kind of role that employees are going to play, and it will be different from what we are doing today. Now let's uh, shift, yeah, let's shift uh, gears and talk about the uh, today's workplace. Right, it is already using artificial intelligence, especially those in the content creation industry. They're actively leveraging the services of uh, Chat GPT and other GPT tools. So, how do you think these uh, potential applications will revolutionize the global business? Really so it, it will revolutionize global business in a lot of interesting ways. And the first, so the first example I will even talk about is um, DeepMind, Google's DeepMind. Now you may have heard of AlphaFold. AlphaFold is a protein folding AI model, right, uh, which they claim has been able to save 400 million years. I mean, it has been able to save humanity about 400 million years, or about a billion years of PhD research time. Now, how how that works is. Um, they trained they train the model, uh, which is able to examine the structure of proteins. Now, because I mean, these things have a pattern, so the AI is able to learn the pattern and predicts predict the shapes of these proteins. Now, if a human biologist, if a PhD candidate, was to design one protein uh, shape, it would take them about five years to complete just one work. Mm. Now, using this model, they've predicted two hundred million protein uh, protein shapes. What that means is that they could have roughly saved a billion years of PhD research time. Okay, but they're very humble about it, so they wouldn't save a billion years. 
they usually say it's over five um, four hundred uh, million years that they've saved. Um, so for the people who are in the um, research side, in the biological sciences, this is certainly one way that I know that AI has AI has saved them time, right? Instead of you know doing a lot of tedious work, um, this AI has been applied to you know, save um, so much time and, and resources because it's not just about the time they would have invested would have been invested in uh, predicting these um, shapes. Another another um, way that illustrates just how um, AI is changing how we work is in the legal profession. Now, there's a there's a startup called Harvey AI. Um, Harvey AI is used by Allen and Overy. Allen and Overy is the third biggest law firm in the UK, and I think it's the seventh largest in the world. Now, about three thousand five hundred lawyers in this um, law firm use um, Harvey AI to do their work. And when I say do their work, I mean to prepare legal briefs, to get case insights, to case uh, to get um, case values, and all kinds of interesting things. So for someone who works at them um, within this company, the way they work will be drastically different from a lawyer who's still using the regular methods of um, Microsoft Office and what have you to to do their work. Another interesting application in the legal profession, um, which I think would revolutionize how lawyers work, especially with respect to providing them much more work to do, is Darrow AI. Um, this is an Israeli and American, American company. With Darrow AI, a law firm can do justice intelligence. And by justice intelligence, I mean they can scan social media, they can scan news, they can scan uh, financial information, they can scan litigation data, they can scan academic papers and detect in violations. And when they detect these violations, the AI also gives them case insights, case value, and all kinds of interesting um, things how to win this case. So in, in this regard, in the legal profession, AI is going to create more opportunities for lawyers to practice their craft, right? Although there's fear that it would replace some of them. This, those fears were expressed earlier this year when Do Not Pay um, had a robot lawyer scheduled to go to court. That didn't yeah. happen. It hasn't happened yet. But I think in the legal profession, if you apply um, AI like Darrow AI, in um, emerging markets in India, in Nigeria, around the world, certainly lawyers are going to have a lot more um, work to do. So that's for the legal profession. Um, then, if you go to the entertainment sector, uh, gaming, um, the gaming business. Now, gaming is the most complex form of is the most complex form of entertainment because you need music, you need you need videos in it, you need um, you need all kinds of interesting elements in, inside of 3D modeling. Now. There's a game called Red Dead Redemption mm. 2. It's a very big game. It's a very big game because, I mean, this entire game was starting about 30 square miles, right? 30 square miles of digital real estate, not wow. physical real estate, right? It's a big game. So in this game, you, you took about eight years to make. You had about a thousand non-playable characters with, you know, with, with your own uh, individual characteristics and, and what have you. A hundred missions, a hundred missions about... 100 hours of music in six chapters, right? It's a big game, but the entire game was set in about 30 square miles and it cost about $500 million to make, right? So it's, you know, it's, it's a really expensive project over eight years. But if you compare Red Dead Redemption 2 to Microsoft Flight Simulator, Microsoft Flight Simulator is a bigger game because it covered all 197 million square miles of the earth mm. is captured in Microsoft Flight Simulator. So, if you were to hire human beings to simulate the entire world in 3D, that's a project you can never finish. Yeah, <laughs> It's not economically viable. What they mm. did was they used AI 
to um, convert 2D satellite images of the world into 3D uh, images. Right? So that tells you, okay, the things that are impossible for human beings to actually um, realize using AI, you can make all of these things possible. So I've talked about the research profession, I, you know, the legal profession. I've also mentioned the entertainment, entertainment uh, business. Yeah. So another profession that I think would actually um, change very closely related to the entertainment business is the media space. So last year, there was a campaign by Osha and Remy Martin. Um, I can't remember the name of the campaign now, but they used a lot of AI for that campaign. Right. So what they did was, you know, they had um, 50 images for the campaign. All of the images for the campaign were generated by AI. And what happened in that case was Osha would uh, describe the taste of, of the of the drink, right? And then um, the AI will produce the image, just like you know, the text to image model that you have today. So that's one, I mean, that's another way that AI is changing how you know we're doing work now. And then more recently, Yokosuka City in Japan, right? So they trialed chat GPT for about a month. And just yesterday, um, I saw a story in, in Japan Times that they had okayed it because they found out that when they are, um, when they are administrators, when their workers use ChatGPT to work, it's able to save them 10 minutes, um, from irregular business. Um, day. and if you do 10 minutes being over a 40 hour work week, that's about an hour saved for all of these people. And this is mm. just a trial. So I expect that like Yokosuka City in Japan, more governments around the world would use, um, ChatGPT and other models to actually change how people work but i think it would be disingenuous for me to talk about the way work is changing or how we're applying ai without talking about the dangers now on may 22nd which is just last month something happened um on the snp 500 index uh, an image appeared on twitter from a verified account bluebug history that the pentagon had been bombed it showed mm. that it's, um, it showed a video a photo rather of the Pentagon um, exploding. At the same time that that image appeared, the S&P 500 index, which is like the stock market for the Fortune 500 companies, moved by 25 basis points. Mm. That's about $500 billion and a downswing of $500 billion, which goes to show that beyond, I mean, in addition to all of the benefits, in addition to all of the uh, improvements that we're going to see in how people work, productivity gains, there's certainly the danger elements to you know how AI is going to be used, especially the disinformation part. Now it's not certain that that um, explosion was what was was what directly resulted to the market um, downswing, but it shows that there is a danger in this because if you show something like much more sensitive, we say we see an image of um, Jeff Bezos resigning, like a perfectly believable picture of Bezos has left Amazon. That may affect the stock price of the company, and that's not something that you know you want happening every now and then. Mm. And of course, there's also all the other worries. I mean, there's an article and several presentations and uh, presentations have made about um, AI-powered scams, right? Of, of how to protect people. So those are those are all dangers that we are seeing with um, all of the other benefits that are coming from this um, new. Um, Revolution, because it is a revolution. It has changed certainly how everything is going to be done. Nice. I think you've touched almost every major industry and how AI is revolutionizing. That's so great. And uh, Raka, you have also studied the uh, World Economic Forum's Future of Jobs report, right? So can you share the snippets of it uh, with our audience? Wait, so I think there are, there are two 
there are two parts of that report that would actually intrigue anybody who is interested in in the report. And I think I would even recommend that I would recommend that everyone who is watching this podcast should view that report. Okay, so I mean, today there are 1.2 billion knowledge workers in the world. So the report details how AI will affect all of us, right, and how uh, we can you know take advantage of the insights um, you know within the report. So one of the first things you discover there is that about 44% of workers' skills will be disrupted in the next five years. Okay, so what that means is that um, creative thinking, analytical thinking, systems thinking, and tech literacy are going to be prominent skills. And I'll just speak to one of the skills that have been listed in that report, tech literacy. The tech literacy they refer to is AI literacy or AI thinking or AI fluency, in which case, what they are saying is we all must be able to know how to use um, these um, AI tools. So we must understand um, you know, different ways that we can apply it to our work. And I will, I will speak about this um, to, with respect to the AI maturity models, which I will reference later. Another insight from the report is that six in 10 workers, so if you have 1.2 billion knowledge workers, six in 10 is a huge number, right? Six in 10 workers, which is over 600 million, over 650 million people will require training before 2027, right? And the training that they're going to get is in AI, how to use AI to do their work faster. Now, I promise to talk about AI maturity models. So for companies and I think for individuals too, Gartner has this um, five levels of AI maturity. There's the awareness stage where, okay, companies just aware that they can use AI to do certain things, but they're not quite sure. They don't have a strategy of how to do this. There's the active stage. So maybe they start to practice with one or two tools here and there to um, improve how they work. There's the operational stage where day to day, everyone within the company uses AI. Then there's the systemic stage where you know the AI is now disrupting how they do their work. So in this, it's disruption in this case would be for a call center, for instance, if you have a high attrition rate, Using AI to um, disrupt how they work would mean that. So there's a study that was published, which says that if you employ new um, agents in the call center and you pair them with some form of AI, you can help them, some form of trained AI, not just any AI, it can help them you know, have as much experience. It's as if they have a, as much experience as somebody who has been on the job for six months. So at the systemic level, a call center business would use AI to transform how they work. And then at the transformational level, the DNA of the business has changed. So it's, it's now an AI-first business. Yeah. So in the same way that this applies to organizations, it applies to individual professionals, right? So at this stage, what we're talking about AI, I think, I believe we've both used AI tools before. So we, we, are, we are on the second level. I think we could both be on the second level. We are aware of AI. We know the possibilities. And then we transition to the active stage where we are, you know, presently trying out different tools to do our work. And then we might also be at the operational stage as individual as individual professionals, where day to day we use AI to execute, you know, some of our um, workflow. And then at the systemic level, um, well, at the systemic level, you need some you need some technical know-how to actually operate efficiently at that at that level. So because when you're doing systemic AI as, as a professional. It means that you know how to fine tune a model. You know how to look at a model. For instance, let's, you can use assembly AIs, a uh, Lemur or, um, conformer one. These are just, you know, different models from that platform. You can use these two models to redesign how work is done in, in the business. Or if you own a media streaming platform, for instance, 
you can use a conformer one to design your radio station so that you know, certain words are blocked out. So when the AI hears certain words from the station, it takes them out so that the audience is protected and you're, you're, not, you're not fined by the regulator. So that's what can happen at that systemic level for uh, us individual professionals. Then at the transformational stage, that's when AI is now in our DNA and we use it to do all the all the work that um, we wish to do. I think those two those two insights um, capture what is important for us to discuss, especially on this show. Mm. And again, I would say mm. everyone who is a knowledge worker ought to read that a future of jobs report because it it helps you understand not just about AI but all the other emerging industries and all the other opportunities that will come from those spaces. Okay. Got it. I think uh, this is very insightful. And also, you mentioned uh, uh, about forty-five percent of forty-four percent of the jobs will cease to exist, right? So, are there any specific roles that will cease to exist in the next five years? Okay. So, I said forty-four percent of of workers' position, workers' um skills will be disrupted. Okay. Right. So, they mm-hmm. need to learn new skills, which are creative, analytical, system thinking, and tech literacy, which is AI thinking or AI fluency. So, the way that the jobs will evolve. Uh, Humility here. Nobody mm. really knows for sure how most of this will happen. But one one thing I can say for certain, based on what you know we've observed so far, is that back office positions. So Alvin Krishna, the CEO of IBM, he came out yeah. some some weeks back saying that um, about thirty percent of the roles at IBM prone to automation. Right. So all their back office operations, which is about seven thousand eight hundred jobs will likely be going to AI. So mm. they can engineer they can engineer GPT-4 to take care of all of, of these roles. So what that means is, and again, <clears throat> a definition here, back office is just you know, positions that don't involve customer-facing interactions. So what, what that means is, most likely jobs in this um, category would be going to AI. So to, to protect yourself or to, for anyone to protect themselves against uh, this kind of... Uh, this coming, this coming evolution, I would say the best thing is to actually focus on positions where you're always talking to the customer. Because one thing is for sure, humanity is very resistant to change, right? So, um, the more your, your job involves talking to people, actual human beings, the better for you. And I think the safer the job will be in the short to medium term. Um, but then there, there are jobs that are, have already gone out of, um, there are jobs that are already <laughs> out of um, business. Well, maybe not completely. So over, I mean, I, I'm a keen follower of all the developments in the AI space. So what I've observed is the job of a show note producer that is already out of the, it's already out of the picture. A show note producer is just someone who you know prepares podcast um, show notes or um, uh, show notes for all kinds of media productions. Someone tweeted just about three weeks ago that his employer, or who his employer reached out and said. They will not need these services anymore. He's a show note producer. Same thing has happened for the people who are translators. Okay, so these models are so good now, like they're so good now that you can use OpenAI's Whisper. I, I mean, anyone can configure Open OpenAI's Whisper to work as a translator for over 150 languages, right? And the models will only get better. So um, certain creative jobs, which which we didn't expect that AI would affect them so soon. So the, the, the transformation has come from an opposite direction. The most important roles, the, the, the roles that we thought, okay, these are really creative roles. 
um, and it will take some time for them to be automated, have been automated first, and then it's as if the blue collar jobs are the ones who you know, do not have any form of exposure. At least I, from the Future of Jobs report, which OpenAI themselves um, published, there are only about 37 jobs which do not have any form of exposure to these AI models. Every other profession has some form of, of exposure, and the more training required to perform a job, the more education needed to perform a job, the more exposed the role is. So that's how it, this side of things, the only way, the way that I think people can be in roles that involve um, customer-facing or you know, human-facing interactions. Okay. And and uh, I'm also uh, optimistic about productivity taking precedence over rest of the things and uh, we yeah. might uh, end up in the productivity revolution. So how can individuals embrace and prepare for the productivity revolution? Um, so it's coming. Uh, it's already here, I think. <laughs> productivity revolution is, is, is already happening. I mentioned Yokosuka City in Japan. Um, mm-hmm. They use ChatGPT to do their work. And right now, they, they told us just yesterday, yesterday is being June 6th, that they, um, they are, they, they're able to save 10 minutes for each employee per day. And I think that going forward, they can actually do more. It, it will go beyond 10 minutes. It will probably be like, they could probably save an hour a day. And over a 40 hour week work week, they can shave off five hours. I think, I mean, I'm really that optimistic about these things. Google Workspace, the last um the last um you know, demo they had they introduced a tool called help me write okay um help me write is a tool that anyone any professional on google docs can use you just need to give it a prompt right just need to give it a prompt and then this tool is able to write you a documentation it could be a product documentation it could be um a legal document it could be a contract whatever you just need to prompt it and it gives you your output the way this is going to work for everyone. And I think um, Ethan Mollick, the professor at Wharton, um, gives a very fine um, perspective. There's going to be a crisis of need coming from all of this. Because, I mean, a bunch of what people do at work involves writing documentations or reviewing documentations and, and what have you. So if you have these AI tools doing all of this work, it will save a lot of time. It will save a whole lot of time. And then there's another tool I use personally called um, Slides AI. Slides AI is something I use for preparing PowerPoint presentations. Okay. And what that means is before now, I would probably have to spend hours, you know, thinking of thinking of what to, you know, place on a slide, how to arrange this, like what kind of images I'll have on the slide. But with Slides AI, which is a precursor to what um, Google Workspace is going to do to the um, slides product, I can simply integrate <coughs> sorry, I can simply integrate the plugin and give it a prompt and it gives me all the slides that I need to do my work. The same thing is going to happen with Microsoft Office. You're going to be, there's going to be a co-pilot for everything, a co-pilot for everything um, from Google, um, Google, um, uh, uh, from Microsoft Word, sorry, <laughs> Microsoft Word to Microsoft PowerPoint, uh, to Excel, to everything Microsoft. There's, there's going to be an, a, a co-pilot for everything, which means that the hours that we spend doing all this work before, Right, will reduce the minutes. So in AI thinking, it's called um, the one to hundred. So zero to one is me telling the AI, this is what I need to do. This is direction I need you to go. I give it the idea. I give it the initiative, and then it goes from one to hundred. One to hundred is given this idea. Um, I see the idea. I see the AI, and then it gives me, let's say, uh, fifty or twenty 
20 um, slides, which I then review and edit. So the way this is headed, uh, we're going to have a lot more time on our hands because um, there'll be plenty of, we're going to be freed from all the routine work of um, you know, writing and preparing for documentations. And of course, in the technical community, the people who write code, um, it has been estimated by a study from Oxford that it costs the world about $132 billion every year to just review uh, bugs in code. Right? So using uh, you know, GitHub Copilot and all the other AI-powered code, we're looking at a productivity boom, not just for the people who use these tools, but for the companies that make them, a boom that has not quite been experienced. Like It's so huge that... <laughs> A lot of people estimate this is bigger. This, this will be bigger than the internet. I believe them actually that this is something like much bigger than what we have with uh, the internet. Very nice, and uh, I, I think everybody has to really pay attention to these details uh, that are practical and in terms of uh, help us make some great decisions in terms of having a long-term career. And while we are competing with uh, AI-related tools, and uh, Arakwe, this has been great conversation so far. Uh, thank you for sharing all these insights. So, yeah, this has been insightful conversation so far, Arakwe. And uh, it's time for us to talk about the program that you have designed uh, for business leaders. I think um, you named it as Applied AI Program for Business Leaders. So share with our audience on your mission and the goal, what you want to achieve through that program. So the goal of the program is, like I mentioned earlier in the in the podcast and in the episode, is where we're we're trying to help people through the five levels of AI maturity. Uh, we're doing this for companies, we're doing this for um, individual professionals, and so we're taking them from the awareness stage where they know, okay, this is what AI is able to do for their company. This is what it's able to do for them in their workflow, and we're taking them to the active stage where they are actively using tools to prepare presentations, to prepare all kinds of documentations. And in fact, in the program, they get to build an AI app using a no-code tool. Right? They, they build an app that uses um, OpenAI's um, chat GPT and uh, GPT-3, and also use OpenAI's DALL-E model, which is a text image model from OpenAI. So the goal is to take them through the five, um, well, not the five, but the first three levels of the AI maturity levels. So they, they are where they are actively using AI and they are operationalizing AI day-to-day -day within their business. So we, we do this for the global business community, right? Um, and the goal is to train at least 120,000 professionals over the next 24 months. We started in April of April of 2023. So it's not very... Um, such a very old program. We just started recently. And one of the things that um, we quickly realized in the program is because the AI domain is moving so fast, something we do every weekend is that we um, provide um, insights and tips to all of the individual professionals in the community. And so the approach is because the program is narrated by AI, we have human tutors who are paired with um, the learners and the companies within the program. And the goal is when you join, a human tutor is there with you. And then every week, all of the new tools that have been released, all of the interesting uh, models that have been released from Hugging Space to OpenAI to Anthropic to um, Assembly AI, we collect all of the insights from those companies and then share with the people within the community. So the insight for each person is actually really different. 
because your business is different from the other person. So if someone is in interior decoration, what they would um, need, the tools they would need is very different from what someone who is in media and broadcasting would actually um, use for their own work, right? So that's that's the goal. And of course, it, it has gone beyond just um, the online course. We actually taking it physical. And this year alone, I've been in at least eight different presentations in, in Nigeria. And then later this year, I will be going to South Africa for about a week um, to to train the business community. So this is a partnership with the South African uh, firm okay. where we've arranged that for over one week, we're going to have at least 50 to 100 people gathered together and we're going to take them from A to, to Z of A. And when I say A to Z, they will be aware, they will be actively use it, they will operationalize, will help them gain some systemic skills. And then the, the goal is at the end of the training, they're able to use AI to transform how they work, right? So it's going to be a really hands-on session. So just in case there's someone in South Africa who's listening to this particular episode, so sometime in August this year, I, I, I'll be in SA and um, in Santon City. That's where this is going to happen. I mean, this um, is, is going to be the first of its kind. Okay. Um, again, I've done this on a smaller scale within um, Lagos, Nigeria, but we're taking this international now. And after South Africa, I expect that we're going to go to more cities, maybe uh, Rwanda, Kenya, uh, Angola, within mm-hmm. Africa first, and then eventually um, venture into um, Australia. Australia is looking like somewhere that a lot of um, people are clamoring for the skills, especially business owners. And then, of course, um, um, India is <laughs> a <the> place <laughs> I've always wanted to. The <laughs> place I've always wanted to visit, and then, of course, um, Europe as well. Right. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you're far advanced and already taking it to the next level. And I'm sure all the program participants are going to immensely benefit from it. And uh, great conversation so far, uh, Rakwe. It's time for us to lighten up the mood of our audience with the second rapid fire round. And let's get into <laughs> the second rapid fire round. And uh, here comes my first question. If you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say? Um. I have a billboard in Times Square, New York. I think it's the most expensive billboard in the world. <laughs> I may be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I, I have one in Times Square, New York. And I, I think we'll just say enjoy the moment. Like I said at the beginning of the enjoy show. Enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. Just tell enjoy the moment. Because yeah. what I've seen so far in my career is, you know, there's a tendency mm. for, for people. But I've done mm. it a couple of times until I, I, I mean, until I, I woke myself up to this reality that we tend to expect that it's when I reach this very point, that's when I'll be happy. That's when I would enjoy life, you know. But more than anything, uh, when we enjoy the process, enjoy the process of making a dream come true, that's what really counts. Because at the top, uh, when you get there, it's like, okay, you almost immediately, the joy of getting there fizzles out and you're setting a new ambition, right? a new goal for yourself. That, that that's respectable. Yes, I respect that. But it's important that the steps to get into wherever we're going to, we enjoy it as much as possible. So Times Square in New York, enjoy the moment, slow down and breathe. <laughs> yeah, that is a powerful message. And I think it is applicable to everybody in this fast, yeah. in this fast-paced environment. Thanks for sharing that. And with that, let me move to the next question. If you win $1 billion lottery, what would you do with that money? I reckon. Right so you know, you know, I told you earlier in the show that um, I told you earlier in the show that six in ten workers would be disrupted. Like six in ten workers would need retraining. What I didn't mention is about about half of that number 
right? Mm. Half of that number do not have access to the right training resources or the right training uh, that they, they need to survive in this AI world. So what I would do, I think I would just set up communities of practice, right? communities mm. of practice around the world. So for instance, you have a community of practice for project managers who teach themselves, who yeah. teach themselves how to use AI to disrupt their job. You have okay. product managers, who, communities of practice for product managers who use AI to disrupt their work. So I think you would just go into um, developing communities of practice around the world for people who wish to learn how to use AI to survive in this new world that we're going into. <laughs> Quite interesting. And let me uh, move to the next question. Can you describe yourself in just one word? Uh, in just one word? I, I would say joyful. Joyful. Uh, yeah, joyful, yes. I think that's, that's the word. Yeah, I think it resonates with your statement also. Enjoy the moment, I think. Yeah, yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. And what is the weirdest thing that you have ever eaten so far? Okay, so I was I was in Nairobi in uh, I was in Nairobi in 2013, mm. <laughs> and it took us to this restaurant. Um, so the idea of the restaurant is that you eat all kinds of weird meat, oh. right? weird um, animal meat, and I think the weirdest thing I ate crocodile meat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's that would be weirdest. That, mm. that would definitely be weirdest. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And if you were given an option between invisibility versus super strength, which one would you choose and why? Invisibility versus. Super strength, like a Superman. Yeah, I I think I would choose uh, super strength. Okay, but I'm strugg- I'm struggling here because I like super strength. I uh, okay, so I think super strength, super strength okay. would do because in in that case, um, I mean I can use the strength to save people or to to move all kinds of immovable things. Yeah, and I think the strength the strength should translate to resilience and endurance, right? So I mean, I like to run. I I like to run a lot. I mean, I do ten kilometers, five kilometer runs um, mm. most weekends. So I think, yeah, I want to do longer runs. Let me be the first person to do a hundred kilometer run in thirty minutes or something. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. And uh, last one for the rapid fire. What is the electronic gadget that you'd like to see or invent yourself? So the electronic gadgets, okay, okay, this is still AI related. So um, let me just explain this. Yeah, in the Western world, um, one of the issues, I mean, there's a, there's a problem of um, illegal drugs, fantasy drugs, right? Mm. And the, the issue with them is, so if if um, if law enforcement wants to uh, prescribe certain drugs, illegal drugs, MDMA, ecstasy, and what have you, um, let's say they pros- they prescribe a drug today. The manufacturers of that drug, what they simply do is change one molecule in mm. that drug formula, and then they can sell it to people and destroy more lives. Yeah. Okay. So what I think should be invented is, and this is actually possible, it should be possible in the next two, three years with all the AI um, evolution happening, is we can train a chemistry, um, a chemistry uh, prediction, a, a chemical prediction, uh, a chemical prediction model, right? Mm. Very much like um, DeepMind's Alpha Fold. So the, the goal would be. We train this thing on all the um, designer drugs that are available today, right? And then law enforcement can use this model to predict, let's say, the next 500,000 or the next 2 million designer drugs that mm. even even the manufacturers, the people on the streets cannot think about. And what they will do is if, once they predict this drug, they simply outlaw all of them. And what it will mean is that before the people on the street, before the drug dealers can even think about these drugs, it has been proscribed, more like predictive crime fighting. 
right? Mm, so that legal yeah. loophole, that legal loophole that exists where they, they just alter the formula of this drug and then it's uh, the law no longer covers it, would permanently block it. That would be one invention and AI model that helps us to fight um, drug dealing. That's something that I would be, uh, I would really love to see. Yeah, good one. Uh, <laughs> and with that, let's flip back to the mainstream. And what will be your key takeaway? Or message to those aspiring to make begin their careers. I would say again um, to be bold, to be mm. bold about your ambitions. Um, I would say vision is one thing, and I mean not everybody is, is visionary, but the, the one way to, to have vision is to to be curious about a lot of things, to read about a lot of things, especially in your field. Right? It's, it's important to understand what people have done before you. I, I believe that tradition should not just be thrown away. Tradition should be studied for you know the very best things about them. And tradition in any profession is everything that has been done before you got into that profession. Study, be curious, um, so that you can be visionary, and then uh, be courageous, right? Be courageous, be bold about the things that you actually want. I think a lot of things are just mental constructs. In the entire world, I think it's just waves and particles. So if you put your mind to something and work towards it, it has a way of just coming to coming to pass. And I would know because I mean. When, when I set out on this mission to, to uh, help about 120,000 professionals develop their AI fluency, it seemed like a dream, like a far-fetched dream. Yeah. Right? But at this point, it's everything is you know coming to reality, right? And then again, humility, that's very important. Um, no matter how, how well you think you know, no matter how much you think you know, how good you think you are, at the end of the day, you need help from people. Self-made, the concept of being self-made, well, as long as you're in this world, the knowledge from you know from your ancestors, the, the, the things that people have done in the past, um, would always guide you into your future. So I, I think in the, in that regard, no nobody is self made per se. So humility is really important. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed, and such a powerful advice. And uh, before I let you go, please share with our audience how is your experience being hosted on the Guiding Voice platform. Um, I've enjoyed this. I, I've been on several podcasts this year, but this one has been very calming. You, you have a way of asking questions in a way that just allows the um, host to talk and express and be calm about you know what they're saying. So it's been an it's been a very enjoyable session, and I, eventually I look forward to you doing this again. Maybe after the program in South Africa, I can share with you our our, our report from there and how we've um, helped business community over there. <laughs> <laughs> Nice and thank you so much for being part of the journey and thanks for sharing wonderful insights and appreciate your time here, Arakwe. And uh, pleasure to be connected with you. Yeah, thank you very much, Naveen. I'm definitely going to quote you on LinkedIn that I've I've just had the best podcast interview this year. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Yeah. So, folks, uh, that was our intensive episode about artificial intelligence and future of work with Arakwe John and I'm sure you have found it useful and before we move into the trivia section here is a request to you please subscribe to us in case if you haven't done already also request you to leave a rating or review if you're listening to it on podcasts like Apple or Spotify because every rating and uh, review will help us uh, reach wider audience and also if you have loved this conversation and found the episode useful Please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice. And thank you so much in advance. Now, let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode. So today, let's uh, talk about the history of generative artificial intelligence. And uh, generative artificial intelligence is also known as GAN. 
generative adversarial networks and it has gained significant attention in the recent years and the concept of generative models in artificial intelligence can be traced back to the early days of artificial neural networks and also machine learning you know in the 1980s researchers began exploring generative models as a way to generate new data based on patterns learned from existing data one early example is the boltzmann machine a stochastic neural network model that could generate new samples based on the learned statistical patterns of a given data set and however it wasn't until the introduction of uh, gans in 2014 by ian goodfellow and his colleagues and uh, the generative ai gained widespread popularity gans introduced a new framework that consisted of two neural networks a generator and a discriminator The generator network aims to produce new data samples that are similar to the training data while the discriminator network tries to distinguish between the real and generated samples interesting isn't it likewise if you have come across any interesting trivia about the history of artificial intelligence and also chat gpt kind of generative ai models please share with us if you are watching it on youtube you can leave comments or else if you are listening to it probably you can share it on the social media platform wherever you have found this episode and that's all for today thank you so much for tuning in also do not forget to share your topic recommendations and guest speaker suggestions either through social media or email me at the guiding voice for you at gmail.com i'm your host navin samala a fellow it professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make the world a better place to live through conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and your career until next time Bye bye see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest